0: The Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, author of the Cannabis Business Book. And you're listening to the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, where I chat with and coach the highest performing entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. Hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, the Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, and on today's episode of the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, I have a very special guest joining us internationally and that's Andres Fajardo. He is the president and co-founder of Clever Leaves, which is one of the biggest cannabis companies in all of Latin America. And so I'm excited to have you here today Andres and if if you don't mind can you do a little more in-depth intro for the folks who may be watching or listening?
1: Well, Mike, thank you. Thank you on the country for having me. It's very uh, exciting uh, for uh, me to be able to share a little bit of Cleverleaf's story and probably my own as an entrepreneur in this, in this industry. Um, so yeah, let me give you a little bit of my background. Uh, I'm a Colombian, uh, born and raised in Colombia, uh, and have been living here most of my life. Um, I'm an industrial engineer and economist by trade. And joined uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, Booz and Company, uh, management consulting firm, you know, right after college, and stayed there for 10 years. And I worked, uh, uh, you know, mostly in, in consumer products and pharmaceutical companies, helping them, you know, actually not only design and, and uh, uh, you know and, and, and come up with uh, implementation plans, but actually was uh, you know lucky enough to be able to implement a lot of those strategies. Uh, in our clients, uh, and I I really traveled over the world doing that. Uh, It was a great experience. I was there for 10 years, and uh, during my time there, uh, the firm uh, sponsored me to go to Harvard Business School for my MBA, of which I graduated in 2005. Now, come 2010, I decided it was time to come back to Colombia. I always wanted to start my own business, but in a very, you know, management consulting way, I thought that the, the, the path that I was going to take was you know, from consulting to some sort of a strategic planning role somewhere. And then somebody was going to be crazy enough to give me piano responsibilities. And then eventually we would be ready to start my business. Uh, But as, you know, soccer players here say, uh, you know, things worked out for me. And and as soon as I came back uh, from, I was living in Mexico, I came back, uh, you know, after leaving booze, I uh, became the uh, CEO of an IT services and outsourcing company. And uh, I wasn't really experienced in IT or outsourcing. Uh, and had frankly led uh, teams of probably, you know, 10 individuals or 20 that were, you know, really, really smart, self-driven, highly, um, uh, you know, self-motivated, if you will, uh, in consulting. So this was a, a new challenge, uh, new industry. Uh, it was an 800 person company when I arrived there and we served, you know, mostly the financial institutions. And, and during my time there, I was a the CEO there for six years. We entered you know, into different sectors, including healthcare. Uh, the company, you know, grew into 2,400 people, and we were able to do many, many things. Among which was the, you know, the digital transformation of, 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 of a few of the, you know, healthcare related processes here in, um, in Colombia. Um, and uh, so that was a great experience, you know, to become a leader and you know somebody who, who can. Um, better make decisions in, in real world as opposed to consulting. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and probably one of the most important things that happened there is that I met one of my founding partners, uh, Gustavo, here in Colombia. And uh, you know, we worked with him in entering healthcare and, and doing all of these uh, crazy things, transform the industry. Um, and, and decided you know, it was time to leave in, in, in late 2015. Uh, and we started another company actually, not this one called Mojo Ventures. And it was a company focusing on starting new businesses uh and um you know uh, company builder we, we call it and, and it was a company builder that that not only focused on on the business plan or the strategy or you know the, the typical business uh assessment of, of any business but but a lot more on the people uh we are among people who believe that you know you make business successfully through people not despite people and that's what we've done here and we call it the mojo you can see it back there in my uh, in my background uh it's really uh, the way we work here at Cleverly's, um, and we started Cleverly's uh, the the two of us with a third partner, uh, Julian, who had been the drug policy director in Colombia, um, and who was you know very very uh, familiarized with all of the drug policy issues going around. He's been a consultant with the U.S. Embassy and you know different governments. So we started very early on, uh, you know, April 2016. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary as a company. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, you know, this is probably the, what we're going to discuss uh, now. So uh, that's, that's when Cleverly started. And uh, I've been, of course, working with the company um, ever since.
0: Wow. That's quite an impressive background from, from Booz Allen to Harvard Business School to leading companies and, and big teams to starting one of the biggest cannabis companies, one of the biggest in the world in terms of international activity, as far as, as far as I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Let me just say, first of all, congratulations on, on the five-year anniversary. That's no small task in cannabis to survive for five years and to grow uh, for that period. I'm, I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit about how or why you decided to start a cannabis business.
1: No, so that's an interesting story because um, so it has as it happens, uh, Gustavo, the partner I had met uh, uh, and worked with for five years at, at this outsourcing company, uh, was a skydiver, uh, and so is Julian. So in in one of their skydiving trips, uh, you know Julian, uh, you know said, "Hey guys," uh, or well to Gustavo actually, and he said, "Hey, uh, you know, cannabis uh, legislation, uh, you know, is passing in Colombia. You know this." proposes a, a significant business opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, the two of them came and, and talked to me and said, hey, I mean, we want to do this. We think it's a good opportunity. Uh, and then we, we, we said, okay, let's let's analyze it. And, and, and we thought, you know, uh, at the time, uh, probably three things. Number one, we wanted a business that, uh, you know, the profit pool or the potential for growth was there, uh, you know, and it was evident, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in 2016, that you know, the cannabis industry was very promising and that, uh, you know, nobody knew exactly how it was going to unfold. I don't think anybody knows exactly yet, but what we know is that eventually it's going to be a a very large industry. Uh, It was going to be profitable uh, on the one hand. So we thought, you know, that, okay, check, it's an attractive business to be in. Second, and probably more important than that is, you know, we try to assess our right to win. You know, can we win this battle? Do we have what it takes to win this battle? So you know, we start with the team and we said, okay, we, we, we have a drug policy director. We have people who've been running businesses. So, so we have that, but you know, we need a little bit more. And, 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 and then we assessed, uh, you know, basically you know, where we are standing there as a country the regulation. And frankly, at that point, Colombia's regulation was among the first in the world to actually happen. Uh, so it was a strong, you know, very uh, well integrated regu- piece of regulation. Uh, you know, it was early as I was mentioning. So, so that was important too. Colombia has the agronomical conditions and the weather and the twelve hours of sunlight and twelve hours of darkness and etc. So the cost positions there to make it efficient not only in terms of production costs but also in terms of investment costs. So and, and you and you could, and you didn't have both at the same time, right? You have many other countries in the same uh, tropical uh, conditions, but you don't have uh, other countries at the same time with the right regulation. Uh, and uh, you know we always thought that uh, Colombia's uh, let's call it brand uh, or awareness in the cannabis industry, which is a result of quite an unfortunate story that the country has had to suffer for many, many years. Is something that could be leveraged positively. And actually we believe companies have the uh, responsibility to change that, but it's still uh, something that gives you the ability to win. So we said, okay, it's a good business. We have the ability to win or right to win is good. So that's a business we want to go in, uh, you know, and, uh, Uh, And, and, you know, there was a third element was very important for us, you know, is is this aligned with our purpose. You know, when we started Mojo Ventures, I mentioned it a while back, we wanted to work in companies that made the world a better place, made people's lives better. Uh, you know, and that included, for example, healthcare, or that included, uh, you know, uh, renewable energies, or that included, uh, you know, entertainment for people. So different, different, um, uh, you know, potential industries. And clearly, this was one. Right? We could not only have, you know, a good impact on, on patients themselves, but of course also on the Colombian uh, areas where we where we work. So we entered it. Uh, you know, if you look at us, we're probably the least the individuals people don't expect running a, a cannabis company. I'll tell you, in, in 2016, it was quite a, a shock for many people that we were actually doing that. But uh, we, we believe our in our purpose has been right from the beginning. And, uh, and thankfully, we're here to, to continue telling this story.
0: Amazing. I love that. I want to highlight that uh, those three points, because I think for anyone getting into this industry or really any business, if you're going to be trying to raise capital at any point, the folks on the other side of the table are going to evaluate those same three questions. They're going to ask, is this opportunity big enough or attractive enough? Can this team win and get it done and execute? And do I care? Is this going to make the world a better place? Or is this in line with my values or mission or purpose? And I think to to actually raise money, you're going to have to have three yeses from any professional investor. So I just wanted to highlight that criteria that you and your partners use. And I want to go back and and feel free to, to, to say you don't want to talk about it. But I, I'm very curious, because I don't know much about the heritage of cannabis in Colombia. I'm wondering if you can provide a little more context as someone who's a Colombian and has lived there and and really knows the the culture and heritage.
1: Sure, sure. Colombia has had a a long history of, of, uh, being an important player in the, in the, in the, you know, illegal drug trafficking. Uh, and I would say cannabis or marijuana, uh, you know, was, was probably where, where we all started, you know, probably a few decades back, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, from that illegal trade, uh, you know a few, a few of the more, uh, you know, uh, how do you call it? Like the the original strains, like the famous Santa Marta Gold, or others, you know, were were the I would say quote unquote developed here. They we became quite famous in the recreational markets around the world, uh, illegal, right? Illegal recreational markets at that point, uh, and and then that you know uh, is probably something that is not as as uh, Today, frankly, I, I think the incidence of of cannabis, illegal cannabis, in Colombia is quite small. But that's where it all started. Then it switched a lot more to other illegal drugs, such as cocaine, uh, you know, because of the value, because of the availability of the product in a legal way in different parts of the world. So it, it's it shifted. But but in some, you know, Colombia has suffered quite a bit from from this issue, right, uh, where there is a huge illegal market outside, and there is the there there are the Agronomical conditions here to produce those products, um, so we're we tied in a in a quite complex uh, situation, and we are, I, I think, we continue to be tied to that, and that's where the, you know this this name came for the for the good for the you know well perceived Colombian marijuana brands uh, or, 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 or genet- genetics, if you know what I mean, um, and and but, but what we think is, you know, we can take that and actually make it into something positive. You know, we want to say, hey, world, you know, we, in Colombia used to produce this, it's it's painful, uh, but we can actually take this and make it into something good, right? That that was developed for something that was not positive now is being used you know, to treat patients, to improve people's lives. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what we're focusing on. And frankly, I tell you, we've done a, uh, you know, a very good job in both internally and externally changing that image, right? Because when you have uh, you know, a country that goes or people in different countries in the world that you know, see Colombia as, oh, they produce the illegal marijuana. And now you're telling them, oh, uh, I can take this or give this to my mother because it is an EU GMP pharmaceutical grade cannabis derived product that only you know, seven or eight companies in the world could manufacture today. Well, that's very significant. Uh, and that's what we're uh, pushing for, right? The past happened, but you know, don't focus on what happened. Let's focus on changing. That image uh, and that, uh, yeah, that view that people may have of Colombia, and let's do it in a positive way. Let's do it through science. Let's do it through innovation. Let's do it through very high quality products that end up, you know, uh, positively affecting uh, people's lives.
0: Awesome. And so you mentioned the EU GMP certification, and so I'm wondering if you could share a little more about the progress and traction that. Clever Leaves has had as a business these past five years and and speak a little about maybe the future where things are going for, for
1: Clever Leaves and for Colombian cannabis. So, so as I mentioned, we, we founded the company in, in March, 2016 and then April, 2016, pardon me. And, uh, you know, during probably the first 18 to 20 months, We, you know, we were working a lot on, you know, develop first, you know, licensing. So all of the regulatory elements that needed to happen. Uh, Two, we were working a lot in really understanding what growing cannabis meant, what um, producing a a medical cannabis derivative product meant. Uh, And uh, so that's number two. And number three, we were thinking quite a bit on our financing strategy. We as a company decided not to uh, look for a capital until we had, you know, more, uh, m- more things to show, right? Tangible things as opposed to just a PowerPoint. Uh, and uh, so we so we started working on that probably in, in mid uh, 2017 uh, when we met, uh, you know, Kyle uh, Detweiler, a current CEO and uh, and uh, Joe Salami and other people at an investment fund called Northern Swan uh, it was a cannabis, uh, you know, Focused investment fund, uh, you know, who, that was founded and run by, you know, among the smartest individuals out there, and uh, you know, KKR, Blackstone, um, you know, Citibank, consultants, Oxif. So uh, we, we were a pretty good match in terms of the people, but also I think the vision was was more, very much aligned. And we uh, closed our our first round of funding with uh, Northern Swan uh, in January 2018. And we continue to work like that uh, for around eighteen to twenty months. When at some point we said, "I mean, guys, we work very well together. Well, we have the same uh, values. We have the same business vision. Uh, You know, I think you know we think it makes sense to combine all of this." Uh, And we combined. We combined with Northern Swan in in in, uh, October twenty nineteen, and we became Clever Leaves, uh, just one company, private company at that time. And then, uh, you know, to continue with the capital aspect of it, I will tell you operationally and product-wise where we are now. You know, to continue with the capital aspect of it, you know, in uh, after merging in in uh, in October 2019, we continued to operate as a private company until you know late December of 2020, where uh, we uh, you know closed on the on our SPAC uh, transaction. Uh, with SAMA, again, same values, great people, uh, great opportunity, uh, you know, and, and had a very successful uh, NASDAQ listing then. Uh, so we are just one company uh, with capital, NASDAQ listed company on the on the capital side of things. Now, on the operational side of things, you know, that's that's where, where a lot of the interesting things are. are, are. Uh, on the one hand, we have uh, production operations in Colombia and in Portugal. In Colombia, we have uh, our, our, our you know our our blue our, our infrastructure down, down here is geared to cultivate flour and uh, turn it into uh, extracts uh, and uh, you know extract the cannabis products and we sell api's or uh, final products all of them pharmaceutical grade uh, you know for medical use uh, our Colombia facility has 18 hectares of active production capacity uh, you know we have more than enough, uh, you know, CO2 extraction capacity. Uh, you know we have GACP certification for our cultivation, but we also have EU GMP that means pharmaceutical certification for best practices from the European Union, both for our flower production as well as from our for our extract production, and that makes us the only company in Colombia only company Latin America, and among seven, eight in the world that can actually you know, grow and extract at the same time and have the EU GMP uh, certification uh, in, a, in a vertically integrated uh, manner. So we're very, very proud of that. Um, so here we produce medical products, APIs, so ingredients or uh, final products in the form of oral solutions. That's uh, our, our first uh, production facility. Number two, we have a production facility in Portugal. Right, We wanted to make sure that we had a comprehensive offering for the medical cannabis patients. Uh, and as you probably know, more than 50%, uh, and even you know, higher depending on the country, of uh, medical cannabis use is still uh, in the form of uh, smokable flower. Uh, and that is not legal in Colombia. Uh, so we decided that we wanted to go for a jurisdiction which which uh, should at least have you know, a few of these things. Uh, and I think we found one that has all of them. One, it has to allow the production of uh, medical grade Flower. Two, it had um, to have, you know, good uh, agronomical conditions that we could ideally uh, harvest year round. And it was, we were not only going to be constrained by two har- one harvest a year. Three, you know, we wanted to work in a country that had very clear regulation and had very good relationships with other, other countries in Europe. So ideally being part of the European Union. And four, uh, you know, we wanted, uh, to buy, uh, to, to, sorry, to operate in a country where people and talent was uh, really available and uh, was of the best quality in the world. And we found that in Portugal, to be very honest, we're absolutely thrilled to have made, uh, made the decision to go into Portugal. We have right now, uh, you know, a little over a hectare of active cultivation of flower, which shipped and, and sold our, our initial uh, you know, flower product already. Internationally, we're building a second greenhouse, uh, so we're expanding our capacity over there. And again, the focus there is to produce medical grade flour for uh, smokable consumption uh, in different parts of the world. So that's, that's our second cultivation facility. So we have you know a very comprehensive product offering for pharmaceutical or, or, or medical patients. Uh, I would, we also have a, a company uh, in... Uh, in the U.S., uh, in, in Arizona, called Herbal Brands, and that company, you know, while it doesn't uh, work with cannabinoids right now or sell cannabinoids right now, it does uh, have—it's uh, a nutraceutical company with uh, you know distribution networks all across the U.S. And we reach right now with our products over 10,000—they're uh, a point of sales—which gives us eventually, when it becomes more clear in terms of regulation, uh, you know, a path to market uh, over there. Uh, we also have offices, of course, in, in Germany and the U.S. and uh, and we're basically uh, that right now, uh, Mike. We're a, we're a B2B company, right? We see ourselves as a company who partners with others to really make their journey into the cannabis industry a lot easier, a lot more efficient, uh, a lot less uh, less bumpy because it is bumpy anyway. Uh, but we've you know we've. We've been in it for quite some time. Uh, we are an internationally focused company. We're a medical slash pharma grade focused company, so we can uh, make others' uh, life uh, easier, if you know uh, what I mean. That's our focus. That's who we are right now. We're over over 400 people uh, globally, and, uh, and we're very excited. You know, this is a long-term uh, game for us. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and we believe, you know. Uh, that, that uh, again, you know, these products are going to continue to, to serve uh, patients in the, in the years to come.
0: Wow, oh, yeah, it's incredible how much you've accomplished in five years and, and how much you've expanded. And I'm wondering if you can speak to it. And if not, I understand. Where do you see the company in five years?
1: You know, we're going to continue uh, working on all of the different markets that are, are open up at a federal level, uh, at a, at a federal, I mean, become federally legal, uh, if you know what I mean. So, we see significant expansion in, in, in all, the, all across the world. You know, uh, there are some interesting signs uh, in, in, in Europe, uh, you know, for sure in, in Aust- Australia, New Zealand, uh, you know, Asia is an untapped market mostly. Uh, Latin America is a, is a region where we're, you know, uh, making very significant inroads in Brazil and Mexico. Uh, And for sure the US, right, I mean, there are there are signs clear signs probably more clear now than than a few uh, months back, um, you know about the push to make uh, at least uh, medical cannabis uh, federal legal Uh, and uh, and so we believe the market's going to expand, we believe we build the capabilities uh, to serve that market, we believe we have a product portfolio that you know has has good product. uh, Market fit Uh, and so uh you know we think the company is going to continue to become a a major player in the in the global pharmaceutical grade uh cannabis industry we uh you know and we continue to invest day in day out um, on it
0: awesome thank you i'm curious how your experience in the cannabis industry has been different from working in other industries if at all
1: well no absolutely uh, you know, very, very different, um, I'd say, uh, you know, and uh, I'd start by saying that this is a, a, a completely new industry, right? This is an industry that's new, that's uh, emerging, that's growing. Uh, and, and, and what does a new industry really mean? means that regulation is not there. So, you know, the first thing you'd want to go and uh, know when you, when, when you enter a new game or, or, you know, what have you is, at least you want to know the playing field. And you want to know, you know, the rules here. They are not clear. The playing field is changing all the time. Imagine you're playing soccer, rugby, or you know, whatever you like. So the, the 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 field is changing all the time. So that's one key challenge. And second, the rules are changing. So suddenly you do something which, you know, isn't supposed to be an issue, and then it becomes an issue. Uh, and that's kind of tough, of course. Uh, so the, the the I would say the 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 unpredictability and the uh, yeah, and the volatility of things is probably one of the key elements to highlight. Second, I'd say that the uncertainty, right? Um, this industry emerging, but it's emerged with it's not one of those industries that suddenly started growing and then ten years after it was a little bit larger and then. But it, it's it's an industry where a lot of people came in, investors, money, you know. Uh, so so you know. That, create, that has created in very short period of time, a lot of uncertainty. You don't know what's gonna happen next. You know you don't know exactly uh, when a new market is gonna open. You don't know what exactly what uh, how patients are gonna behave in one country or the other. You don't know what decisions are gonna say. You don't know what uh, is gonna be the interaction when recreational or adult use cannabis is allowed at the same time that medical cannabis and what's gonna happen. So there are a few examples here and there, but there's a lot of uncertainty. So you have to be able to live and adapt quickly as an organization, right? You have to be flexible. You have to be nimble, uh, and and you have to be resilient because uh, you know things you plan uh, never never happen uh, as as uh, as they did. Uh, I'd say you also don't know your competitors, right? So that's another reality. Imagine again this field that's changing, the rules that are changing. You don't even know who you're playing against all the time, right? It changes very rapidly. I mean, you look back uh and of course you know there are a few of the bigger kind of canadian players even they are consolidating of course and uh so it's changing all the time uh and you have to be able to craft a strategy or a vision that somehow uh you know uh, meets or fits uh you know that strategy uh and uh and i would say lastly you know uh i think you know from a capital or, or investor uh base you know this is an industry that probably some people say okay i'm going to go in i'm going to get out i'm going to get make a lot of money and then you have some more you know institutional investors but then you have the retail investors already you know going into the industry and going out so i, I think it's it's it, it hasn't really uh rightfully so because it's a very young industry really consolidated so you have as a company, you always have these short-term pressures with a with a long-term pressure. So balancing all of that is, is something that I think is quite unique. Uh, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think of myself and, uh, and you know, we discuss it with with uh, with, you know, with the founders and the senior team at, at Claritys. We're we're lucky, you know, because we're able to participate in something uh, like this, uh, which many times. Uh, you know, you seldom get opportunities like this in life to be in, in the creation of an industry from the very, very beginning um, and an industry that creates itself so fast, right? So so it, that's what it is, fast-paced, un, un, unpredictable, uh, but, but again, um, very, very exciting.
0: Yes, indeed. I, I agree with all of that. And, you know, hearing you say it, it, it makes me feel like, Oh, okay, I'm not so crazy for for <laughs> having this experience. You know, this is how it is. Even even for someone like you, who's accomplished so much, what if anything has surprised you most about the industry?
1: I think I, I went through through the whole list. You know, uh, you get surprised by many, many, many things uh, every day. You know, it, it ranges from the from the again, from the changing regulation, the sudden changes in some regulation that you don't even think that might come. Uh, you know, sometimes you find regulators surprise themselves. So uh, that that's one of the key issues for us. For example, uh, playing as a as an international uh, player, that that's that's a challenge. Uh, you know, I'd say uh, you know, working with clients and and knowing that some clients are there and suddenly they're not there anymore and uh, you know, that that's also something that's very, very surprising, uh, you know, and, and frankly, probably one of the, the most important things is you grow as, as companies, and I'm going to talk a little bit internally, you grow as a company, and and then you think, okay, you figure it out, and then all these things change, and then you have to re-figure uh, it out, and, but, but most importantly, you have to adapt, right, and I think that's been something pretty impressive, like, I, I had seldom been in a company, we're a large company, 400 people, but a huge company of course but with such an ability to switch uh you know paths and to adapt uh that it that is pretty impressive frankly it's actually uh you know uh impressed me quite a bit and and something else uh that i've that i've seen in this industry which is something I, i haven't seen a lot elsewhere is you know, I see in this industry a sense of collaboration. Believe it or not, among the, the companies. You know, I, I, yes, of course we're competitors, and of course we want to be, win. But the more time has passed, and we all have to have lived, you know, this uh, uncertainties. There is a lot more uh, space for collaboration, uh, and that's also very interesting, I think, because it's. Uh, It's an industry that uh, I would argue that at the beginning, everybody thought, you know, larger companies, think of all of them, right, Then large Canadian companies, great companies, they all started with, you know, this vertically integrated from seed to the last patient or adult use or everything, in all markets, in all segments, across the world, and and we we basically had the same strategy, but now I think companies are focused you see us, for example, in a lot of B2B and in a B2B mode, um, trying to work with all of our, our, our partners and our clients, uh, you know, a lot more open. And I think that collaboration is something quite unique, frankly, uh, you know, and I like it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I've heard that as well from other folks and I've seen that myself where competitors will help each other because i think there's this like shared experience of the the roller coaster and the uncertainty and and the the difficulty and challenges of cannabis that it's like you know even if i help you i know it's still going to be really hard for, for you and for everyone from what i've seen people really want the good actors to succeed because it's important for the industry's health and and for the, the bigger picture. And I think the, the good operators realize that. Um, and this, I want to ask you one last question, which is, what's your highest power? Or what's your greatest strength that has allowed you to succeed in this space?
1: My answer is very clear. Uh, and it, I am a true believer of Mojo. I am a true believer that you make business through people. Uh, and I think that's been the key to success of you know myself for sure, but also clever leaves. Uh, you know, I think the concept of mojo, how we how we use it here, is you have to have people who, at the same time, you know, love what they do, which is different from doing what they love. Love what they do, doing it with do it without optimizing and shouting to the world. This is actually something that uh that uh, that you know that an author called Marshall Cosmic came came up with. Uh, now the, the question is how do you implement it in a company? And and for us, you know, it's you have to work at the individual level. So making sure, you know, that somehow they can find at the same time short term happiness and long term purpose in what they're doing. That's number one. But that's not enough. Two, we believe you have to work on identifying, you know, uh, any uh, development gaps and give them the tools to grow. Because people who are growing are in, in you know in that state of mojo, and you can then again achieve, you know. Uh, extraordinary results. Three, we believe you also have to work on the on the harder you know uh, elements of of, of, or of leadership and organizational design so for instance you know how you set up your organization how you set up uh, you know the right uh, decision right for example and accountability, that's probably one of the most important ones right you cannot talk about a company with empowered people and then you have to be double guessing everything everybody says and you know making you all the decisions yourself or how do you motivate people the information flow communication so the more harder things and then leadership and I think uh, you know we work a lot on, on on becoming that leader, you know, leader that inspires, leader that walks the talk, leader that you know sets that safe zone for the people who are working with him or her, and and you know that combination has been what's allowed me to really uh, become what I am today, and uh, and I think that's really the the recipe for success at uh, Cleverness. Awesome, I love that,
0: and I'm gonna ask you for some coaching today instead of the other way around, like I usually do. Maybe a simple question, which is one that comes up very often and has been a challenge, not only for me personally, but for for many of the guests I've had on the show and many of the people I work with. And the question is this, how do you go about finding or assessing good partners?
1: Yeah, well, I would say that the first thing in in my mind is that, uh, you know, people tend to focus on skills and experience first. And then, so you try to engineer your team and engineer how things are gonna work. I think you have to look at the person first, right? You're gonna be working with people. You have to understand what their values are like, what their purpose is like, what are they doing this for? Why does it matter to them? If you are aligning those things, most probably, you're going to be aligned in other stuff. If you are not aligned in those things, it doesn't matter if you have the perfect skill set in paper. And, you know, this guy has the farm experience, this is the grower. I think that doesn't work. I think you have to start by the person. And I have to say, and I'm very proud to say that at Clarities, uh, you know, nobody, none of us knew how to grow a cannabis plant, right? Uh, or, or produce a pharmaceutical product. But it was through, Looking at people and, of course, us as partners, the three of us in Colombia that started the company, but, but, you know, as I mentioned, we merged with Northern Swan and Kyle and Joe and all of them. You know, you know them as people and you understand that as people, you have the same objectives. You don't think alike all the time, of course, because that's the value of teamwork. Uh, And you don't do things the same way, but you have the same principles, you have the same purpose and you have the same objective with what you're trying to do together. Uh, And I'd say that's where most people make mistakes, right? Because, uh, you know, say you're hiring somebody, so you have 15 years of experience doing this and that, and then you need somebody who's done this and that. And I understand that's important, uh, but I'll tell you something, Uh, you know, and and it's actually something that was told to me when I I became, when I said, you know, uh, that uh, things worked out for me, like soccer players say, uh, you know, the times I've hired people for experience, rather than for potential or capabilities, I've made a mistake. And I think that's it. You have to make sure that the potential and the capabilities and the person's there, not only the experience. And I think, I really think, and I and I, may, I still make that mistake many times, still today. But I really believe that when you do that, then that's where you're gonna get a, a great company. You know, Kyle nor Joe nor Gustavo nor Julian, nor myself had started a cannabis company. We hadn't played in the industry. And here you have, a company started five years ago, now a NASDAQ listed company, trying to sell cannabis products to patients around the world. So probably in paper, we didn't have the, cap- the, the experience for sure, but we did have a lot of other things. We did have the right purpose. We did have the same beliefs in the way business should be run. Uh, we did have, you know, uh, the potential to learn and the capability to do so, uh, and it worked. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm truly convinced of that. Of that. Not that it's easy to implement every time, because you sometimes the safer choice is to have somebody who's already done things before. But I don't think that's the best decision.
0: Awesome. So let me ask you a quick follow-up question because I think this is something where you'll have had experience, especially when a company is growing quickly and maybe you don't have time, you don't have the luxury of time to really get to know someone so much. How do you assess that, you know, the character or the mojo or the values or whatever... In a way that that's not going to be misguided or or inaccurate.
1: That's tough, you know. And when you scale, that's tougher. Uh, and even when you don't, we're not. we are not you even when you're small. Again, sometimes you say oh, probably it's safer to get this, you know, person who's done this. Uh, so it's hard. But uh, you know, I'd say we do a, a few things. Number one, we're very open about our mojo culture and the way of doing business, and we. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time we talk to somebody, we are very clear on what that means, particularly if you're a leader, what do we expect and what's acceptable and what's not. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, we've made decisions uh, as a company, uh, you know, with people who really don't abide by that policy. So you can be good, you can have great performance, but if you don't abide by that way of working, you shouldn't be in this company. So we made that. That that also gives people, you know, in a way self-selection uh, as well. Uh, we have, you know, very, uh, rigorous, actually, you know, performance evaluation and you know, uh, you know, processes here at the company, and we check people's uh, competencies, you know, frequently, and you know, we do 360s, and we uh, and we assess our leaders, you know, because you know, of course, the first step should be to be able to make sure nobody comes in that is not you know what you expect, but it's sometimes too hard. So what you have to do, and we believe in that, is. You have to be open at the beginning uh once somebody convinces you based again more on the person side than only on the skills yeah there are some things you have to check right of course like if you're the general counsel we have to be a good lawyer I mean that's given but you have to have other things uh what we do where, where you're inside is very you know we have a system to allow you to identify any gaps you may have we provide you know support for people to uh to close those gaps, to develop as a person, to develop as a leader, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and ideally, you know, be able to 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 promote people internally. We have a we have a program called Mojo Hunters over here in which you know, before you promote anybody, before, before you hire somebody from outside, you first check inside and you know even allow people to apply, et cetera. Uh, so we're trying to always promote people from within and and look, if we're open, if we look at the gaps, if we try to work the gaps and it doesn't work, it doesn't work and you have to leave. So that's the way we try to uh, keep it uh, close. We're also very close to people, right? I mean, if I go to a cultivation site, uh, people know me and uh, you know, I know them and we talk and we chat about things and life and, and stuff and we believe that the relationships can not only be transactional when you're talking about, uh, you know, company employee uh, relationships, it also it cannot be transactional. It has to go beyond that. And one of the ways to do that is to establish closer relationships, to focus on their purpose, not only on the company's purpose, stuff like that. Brilliant. Awesome. But, I mean, of course it sounds easier than it looks. Sometimes it doesn't work, but, but we are really pushing to make it uh, work.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much, Andres, for joining me today, for sharing your insights and wisdom, and the story of Clever Leaves and your progress. And before I let you go, I wanted to give you a chance to share any final words or thoughts before before we part ways.
1: No, thank. First, first of all, thanks, thanks, Mike, for having me. I apologize if I spoke too much. you get excited, particularly uh, when when talking about these topics. I, I find them fascinating, uh, and I think. Uh, that somehow uh, this this mojo way of working uh, you know is is a way of working that should transform the world, right? I mean, of, of business. And that's our dream in a way. Uh, and we believe, you know, that, that kind of feeling can be um, you know, transferred to people in, in different industries and in different companies. And, and uh, you know, so these opportunities is actually great for that. Uh, you know, and just probably one, one last thing is is you know related to cannabis and entrepreneurship. You know, starting a business is hard. Uh, you, you, you have to do it for the right reasons and the right reasons can never be, I wanna make money. I think that's a very lousy reason because you're gonna have to work through too many tough times. Uh, and trust me, there are easier ways to probably make money. Uh, you know, I would argue that uh, there are many, many other ways to make even more money if you want. Know. So you have to have a purpose. And once you have that purpose, you have to you know, pursue it, uh, pursue it, pursue it, pursue it and work hard uh, you know, and you have to be able to live on an unpredictable few years. Uh, you'll never know what's going to happen next. Uh, everything that you complained in your previous job about, you know, how processes were and strict everybody were was. You know, now you're going to miss them. Uh, and and for sure, when the you know check pay uh, paycheck uh, you know date comes, you know it's now not. Oh, they didn't pay me exactly the right amount at the exact hour I was expecting. Now it's you doing that. So. Uh, it's very hard Uh, i always say that uh, entrepreneurship is like having kids right at the beginning everybody tells you oh it's going to be very hard to have kids and you know the first few months are tough, blah blah blah. and you think yeah yeah i get it then you have kids and you say like oh my god it's a lot harder than i imagined." uh you even forget between your first and your second kid at least in my case uh and then uh, but also but also entrepreneurship is like having kids in the sense that you know when when you have your kids uh you Really, start having some other feelings and some other uh, sensations of satisfaction and achievement. And I think that's exactly the case with entrepreneurship. But it's not a free ride. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, and 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 in cannabis. Please believe that it's not as easy as throwing a seed and making a lot of money. It is a complex industry. It's an industry that requires a lot of work, a lot of uh, dedication to the to the cause, uh, you know, significant capital in many cases, and uh, and uh, You know, and uh, yeah, I think it still has a huge potential, but we're going to have to work for it.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for that reminder. And I just have to ask really quickly because I'm at the point in my life where I'm thinking about having kids in the, you know, short-term future. I'm like, what's harder, having kids or, or entrepreneurship? Because entrepreneurship is definitely really hard, but I fear that having kids is even harder.
1: It's hard. It's very hard, but it's also very rewarding. So it's probably the best uh, part of my life as well. So
0: nice, awesome! I love to hear that. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> the thought of doing both at the same time sounds insane. But you know, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah,
1: that's probably a bad combination which we did. But uh, okay, it was style myself, Julian. We all did exactly the same.
0: Nice. So I, it's possible. as well it's, has, it's, it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. It is possible. Nice. Awesome, Andres. This has been great. I I really enjoyed speaking with you today and and learning from you and thank you again for making time to be on the show i appreciate it
1: on the contrary mike thank you very very much for the opportunity i enjoyed it a lot as well
0: hi mike z is hi mike z is hi mike z is the cannabis business coach hi mike z is hi mike z is hi mike z is the cannabis business coach